Hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. As always, we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions <laughs> from this upcoming weekend. And we will also be reflecting on the Matrix franchise and discussing the newest installment, The Matrix Resurrection. And we are also going to be bringing back the new segment. It's been a while. Talking about some things real quick. Michael Keaton, who has already been confirmed to be in the Flash movie coming out later the, in 2022. He has also been confirmed to be in Batgirl. What do you think about that, Dylan? It's okay. I'm never going to watch it. You're not going to watch well, it's the movie? The Batgirl I'm... movie? You're not even going to spend two hours on it? Maybe. If it's the movie, I don't know. I just... I'm starting to get off the train of superhero stuff. Ever since we watched No Way Home, and then the the post credit scene was the trailer for Doctor Strange Two. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that trailer yet, but they they throw out uh, Strange Supreme. Like when that happened, everyone freaked out. I was kind of like, eh, right, not, not super <laughs> pumped. I guess I just don't really care that much anymore. I'm starting to just drift away from the superhero stuff. It's just kind of becoming oversaturated in the same stuff and formulaic, and then. Just watching Benedict Cumberbatch be the Sorcerer Supreme, I'm like, wow, he's really, he's kind of phoning it in, being Supreme <laughs> Strange there. Like, he's just, it's 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 just a paycheck at this point. Like, uh, I just. On a three-second shot, you yes, determined all that? <laughs> I just don't care, man. I just, nothing about it seemed epic. Nothing about it seemed crazy. It just seemed like a paycheck for everybody, which made me bored, and I didn't want to, didn't really want to watch Wow. So not a ringing endorsement for that. Uh, I'm still going to see that one, but I just don't care that much about that stupid stuff. How do you feel about Michael Shannon being confirmed for The Flash? Is he going to be Zod? I would expect so. It'd be weird to have him brought back and not play the character that he was in the DCEU for. It could be interesting. Again, I don't really care that much about superhero stuff. I'm going to see The Flash too. The only one that I'm genuinely looking forward to right now is the Batman with with Robert Pattinson. And that's just because it looks like they're actually doing something different. Maybe I'm just tired of MCU stuff. I know. Well, I know for sure I'm tired of MCU stuff, but at least the DCEU is doing different things, but it's also hasn't been good. So just because it's different doesn't mean it's good. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll probably watch everything. I just won't care as much. Gotcha. That's so sad. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like. I just think disinterested. Wow. Uh, superhero fatigue has struck. Yes, it really has. It's just too much. All the mm-hmm. shows we got this year and I watched them all. And then all the movies we got this year for, just for the MCU alone. It was just too much. And none of it was actually that good except for Spider-Man No Way Home. Kind of none of it was just like good. It's just not good anymore. Gotcha. We'll see if they'll be able to the get things. Guy, yeah back on <laughs> get things back on track for 2022 but talking about the next year after that john wick 4 has moved to 2023 i'm mad it's been delayed you're mad about that i'm mad i want to see it now 
John Wick is something I do care about because John Wick is awesome. And I'm mad that it's even farther away. Yeah, I can't is... believe it's coming out in 2023. It's already done filming. Yeah, that's I'm upsetting. worried that it will go into post-production hell, like Chaos Walking, and then it will have a minor exit, like Chaos Walking, like minimal box office stuff. But John Wick always delivers. So I think it will still do good. I just wish I had it now. Right. Yeah, hopefully that'll not be dead on arrival. But I think they moved it not because of any like post-production issues, but just to move it away from where it was. It had Top Gun in the Bob's Burgers movie. Um, so it's just trying to play a little more safe, maybe hoping that that's such a, three in March. It's such a far jump to make. It really is. But I guess I, I guess I don't I'm not like a big studio exec who has the whole list of every movie that's coming out next year and the dates are coming out. And so maybe I, if I was and I was looking at that, I'd be like, damn, there's just no good place to put it where it would make some money. The idea of putting Matrix Resurrections where it was was a stupid idea. We'll talk that about is... that when box office breakdown happens. But <laughs> yeah, very really, true. really bad idea. But yeah, I just feel like maybe it's a safer bet box office wise to put it in March 2023. But I just don't want them to lose steam because. You should never have a movie in post-production that long, you know? Right. It seems like a very long time, and I'm worried that it will be too far away from John Wick 3 that people will start to lose interest. But maybe if they advertise it properly, it will do well. I don't know. We'll find out when we do our box office draft for 2023. <laughs> True. All right, we talked about the Doctor Strange trailer. You were not a fan. Uh, Squid Game, season two and three, are in the works, it looks like. Did you ever finish watching Squid Game? I finished it this week. Oh, snap. There you go. Are you I excited? Loved it. Yeah, I Ooh. am. I really, really liked Squid Game. I thought it was awesome. Lived up to the hype. Yeah, it really did. Beautiful. I have still not seen it. I'll get around you to it. You should watch it. It's cool. I, I think I'm just really starting to get into Korean uh, film and TV stuff that they're doing. I think I like the idea of how they're portraying. Because I, uh, I never really think about it, but there is just such a stark divide in the in the poor and the wealthy in korea specifically south korea like it's just it's crazy and they just comes off in their art so often and it's just always done so well like parasite was great this was great uh there's other stuff what's another korean movie i saw i guess the host well that's more about environmentalism but it's kind of how the wealthy pollute the ocean mm -hmm. you could make it oh bong joon ho with snowpiercer that's great right 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 yeah they got a lot of good things coming out lately, so at some point I'll check that out. But I'm glad that it was very successful. They're getting a second season, possibly a third. So we'll see once that comes back around if it becomes another worldwide phenomenon. Definitely think it will be. And Sorry. finally, Cobra Kai season four has been released. Actually, I think it's tomorrow. But by the time this releases, it will be released, and we are both excited for that. Very. We will be having a show on it sometime within the next few weeks. But yes, season four has come around. And I think they are they also just finished filming season five. Like, they're already, they're already done that. filming season yeah. five? What the fuck? And season four saying, hasn't even come out yet? I know, right? And they're already, I think, preparing for season six. They said, get ahead of the game. They really did, yeah. So that's also another Good very successful netflix show so yeah good for yeah. them as well all right now it is Have you time. Seen, wait wait first off did you see boba fett it came out yesterday first episode. Oh, i did not see it did you it's okay 
It's okay. Yeah, you should give it a chance when when you want to. I'm not gonna rush you, but yeah, yeah, it's okay. Right now, I'm locked in a bunch of other. I'm watching a bunch of movies lately in really? preparation for yeah, because I want to watch all the ones that are coming out lately, like all the Oscar buzz movies. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna also go see because Nightmare Alley tonight. I think if you want to go, uh, I will not. But okay, good luck with it. I hope it's great because okay. yeah, in preparation for like all the Oscar stuff and also our best of. 2021 movies i'm like i got to see a lot more of these oscar movies mm-hmm. that are coming out haven't Unfortunately, seen Kamon, haven't no seen so many of them i was looking for Kamon, and it's in no theaters presently mm-hmm. french dispatch is not in any theaters presently which that is so one was sad. good i know and i missed it that's so still to catch up. probably the number one movie i've seen this year it's, it's that or drive my car well we'll save that for the best of 2021 list yeah, but I haven't seen any of the other big Oscar ones. I still haven't seen Power of the Dog. I should probably watch it. Oh, you should. <laughs> you got to catch up on those. Um, but yeah, moving into our box office breakdown for December 24th to the 26th, the Christmas weekend. Spider-Man, of course, came in first with $84 million, which is below what we thought it would. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty big 67% drop. It's pretty heavy drop. not... Uh, I mean, it is hefty, but it also was making over $20 million for every day of the week <laughs> leading up to it. So it's still doing mighty well. Mm-hmm. It has $500 million domestic, which already makes it double what any other domestic movie has made. And it's made $1.1 billion worldwide. It officially Ooh. crossed the $1 billion mark. Billion? Do you think it could get to two? I doubt it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think... 1.5, I think, is a lock at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see agree, how far it can climb. It hasn't China, released in China, though, right? Yeah. And we'll see the, if it's going to be the big push there. It could it could do gangbusters in China if they ever get a release date. Yeah. But the thing is, and I don't know why. I mean, we'll talk about this more. This will have ramifications for our draft in 2022. But China is really going hardcore and trying to cut the legs out from under these Hollywood properties Damn. for when they get released there. So it's probably going to release late january which might be when it already hits streaming and then of course pirate pirating will be a lot easier when that happens so it might not be as big as it could have been if it were released right now in china like it would absolutely be doing insane but Mm -hmm. yeah the steam might wear off everyone will know the big surprises people may have got pirated copies so when it does release in china if it does because we still don't even know if it will at this point um it won't provide as much support for the worldwide growth as it otherwise could have. Mm-hmm. But I still think 1.5 is a lock. It'll probably get close to 1.6 or 7 billion. That might be a little much, but again, it's already just two weeks, 1.1 billion. So yeah, we'll see how it does in January. If it's got good legs. After Spider-Man was sing two with 22 million and in its five day, it made it 39 million. That's pretty good for coming up against spider-man's weekend too you know good for sing too yeah it's the only kids movie that's out there right now so that's where all the families went if they had already seen spider-man the first thing did pretty good this is pretty good for pandemic numbers and up against some big box office heavies so good for them that's true the matrix resurrections came in third with 12 million and a 22 million five day which is sad flop. very flop, very flop, flop. sad and it's rated r has which by the way there's no reason for it to have been rated R. I don't yeah, know why they I did it. Yeah, I watched it. it. It's not really. He, he says fuck, I think, once. 
he says it twice and i think oh, that's, that's what, what pushed it, it is rated r i was like they cut out one of those cut. fucks <laughs> for real you could appeal to a wider audience like, it's just it doesn't do anything to the movie to make it worthy of an r like if they're gonna make an r rating already with two fucks you might as well go all out with the violence like make it crazy awesome exactly it just made no sense to not cut out one of those f-bombs to make it pg-13 which would have expanded the audience much more and hopefully would have made it not such a dud in its opening weekend but it's also on hbo max so i mean these factors are at play it was the number one pirated mm-hmm. movie of the week wow so <laughs> take that spider-man yeah so stupid I, spider-man everybody keeps going to the theater giving you more money <laughs> you don't even get pirated as much as the matrix yeah so quite a sad performance and of course that is the final movie of the 2021 draft it is the final pick in my roster damn and good job that i had devastating yeah (laughs) imagine oh imagine if you didn't have spider i told you i told you matrix was not gonna make money i told you and you said it's the matrix of course it'll make money i said that is a bad choice that is the worst choice that any of us have made so far well it's even worse than the suicide squad it's worse than the suicide Squad. we'll see we'll see if when the matrix comes out in china (laughs) yeah uh they'll push it over a suicide squad it, it yeah. comes out the same weekend as Spider-Man in China. <laughs> 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 It'd be perfect. Yeah. Anyway, after the Matrix Resurrections in fourth was The King's Man. It only made six million, but in the five day it made nine. That is way down from Kingsman 2's opening of 39 million in 2017. That is devastating for the Kingsman franchise, especially since critically speaking, it also has gotten the worst reviews out of all three of those movies and nobody's seeing it and it might be the death of that franchise indeed so that was a true flop definitely not what the people that made that movie were hoping for and i also don't understand why they dropped it in this december i mean they could have just made a january movie and it probably yeah. would have performed better people make weird choices when they want to drop movies i just feel like some of these could be doing a lot better if placed in other weekends right and i don't know why they choose to go the weekend of uh, Christmas right after Spider-Man. Like, nobody's going to go to the movies. Nobody's yeah, they had to know. They had to know. So I don't know why they did it. The only reason Sing 2 did as good as it did is because Christmas is a family time and people want to see a family movie, and it's the only family movie out there. So they made a good call with Sing 2. But for the rest of them, this is a bad weekend to choose. Bad, bad weekend. For sure. Another new release, American Underdog. The Kurt Warner story. Yeah, it was exactly it, why. Yeah, it came out with 5.8 million, which is pretty respectable for a film like that. After that, West Side Story is hanging on with 2.8 million. A Journal for Jordan, 2.2 million. Licorice Pizza, the PTA flick that I'm hopefully going to see soon, made 1.9 million, which is a 2,000% increase from the previous weekend. Indeed, because it went wide for Christmas Day. <laughs> so good for them. Uh, Encanto. 1.8 million, despite and, it now being on Disney Plus. Yeah, and I saw it. It's actually pretty decent. Uh, and 83. I don't know what that is. It made 1.6. It's another million. Bollywood film. Oh, okay. Made another one into the top 10. That's pretty cool. They might need to, I don't know, Hollywood needs to start like cultivating that as a market. Yeah, I should start. China. Well, that and they should start advertising. Like we should get some uh, more wide distribution for Bollywood films in America. Because they could probably do gangbusters here if if advertised properly and it's the right story. I feel like Bollywood movies could do pretty good here. Right. We don't really, like, there's no big 
releases for any foreign like blockbuster movies at all yeah which is quite curious we'll see how that changes because i think netflix is partially changing that with their releases but um in terms of theater releases we haven't really seen that but maybe the trend will change who knows but for next weekend what are your predictions for spider-man 3 uh made made 84 last weekend it's got more going up for it it is new year's eve so not many people are going to be going to the movies but it's also not christmas so maybe more people will be going to the movies this weekend than last weekend and the third weekend drop is also a lot less percentage wise than the first weekend drop so i'll say 40 million maybe 45 because there's nothing else coming out this weekend right yeah, nothing else is coming out. Uh, I will say, I'll go on a slightly higher end, 45 to 50 million. Hmm. I think it'll be able to get that much. Neato. All right, Neato. we will report back. But now it's time to jack in, put on your leather, throw on some shades, take the red pill, and join us as we decode the Matrix. I was All right, really hoping so, you'd say jack off. No, <laughs> it's jack in. You jack into the matrix. I know you jack into the matrix, but. <laughs> <laughs> what you do in the matrix, fun. then you can do that. But uh, yeah, the matrix jack trilogy. Jack you jack in. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> Overload the system. I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost in. Uh, Mr. Anderson, what are you doing? Mr. Do? Anderson. <laughs> Billions of people. Uh, no. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Okay, so the Matrix trilogy, which I just found out that you never saw the sequels. No, I only saw the first one. So we'll talk about the original, the original original instead. Um, So what to you makes it a classic film? Do you sort of have a hot take on this? It's not my favorite. What's your opinion? Yeah, not your favorite. It's not my favorite. It's just kind of cool. Like... It's a really great idea, the the philosophical idea of the idea that we could be in a simulation at any point and we could have no idea of being in that simulation is uh, very intelligent and very well thought out. I think it's a really great idea. It's just kind of cool. Like, it's just kind of a cool action movie. There's no, it's not a lot of deeper thought. That's what makes it a classic is because you have this really cool action movie paired with this really intelligent philosophical idea of us being in a simulation and have no idea of knowing it. And so... That's a, a great idea to combine the two, but the movie in and of itself, where it's Neo's journey and becoming the one, is just sort of, it's just okay. I mean, yeah. The action's great. great. The action's great. That is some of the best action you'll ever see in a movie is the original Matrix. It's awesome. Very, very true. Yeah, I think you distilled it pretty well there. That synergy of that sort of pop philosophical idea of the nature of reality combined with really really good action mm-hmm. from just the like the kung fu choreography like all that's really well done and then all the bullet time stuff so you have the innovative cinematic techniques included it's also got a very interesting visual style i mean all the leather the trench coats the shades all that is very inviting also the green tent that they do um visually striking for sure and then that classic hero's journey that neo goes on i mean it's it's not the best thing about it but it's definitely something that's familiar and also keanu reason that plays the role of just a very confused man 
figuring out his surroundings extremely well. So, I mean, we're aligned with him in that instance of trying to figure out, okay, well, what is the matrix? So all of that definitely comes together to make yeah. just a very solid, very cool, great action sci-fi piece. Yeah, the stylism of it is kind of what sells it and how they're so intently geared towards this sort of uh, disgusting approach to the real world as a like to the Matrix world and how they like view that through the lens of it is just all fabricated and fake compared to the real world, how it's it is devastatingly tragic, but it is still real and it is still more vivid in a way. And I think I like the comparisons that they make there. And there's also interesting character this stuff too with uh uh what the fuck is his name? Cypher. Cypher's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the actor's name, but I couldn't remember his name either. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Dang. Because I love him. Both He's a great too. actor. But yeah, uh Cypher's character, that's all interesting. Uh Morpheus's journey is great just because Lawrence Fishburne's awesome. Yeah, that also goes a long way to helping now. I mean Lawrence Fishburne yeah. in the movie is just, just so awesome. cool. Just so Dude, cool. everything to do with that whole kung fu fight is just epic. It's it just really so is. good. Yeah, phenomenal stuff. And then there's also those moments where it does get you to think a bit about that broader idea of would you choose to go to the Matrix since you are eating a steak that is mouthwateringly good, but you know it's not mm-hmm. real. But on the outside where you know things are real, it's worse. miserable. It's yeah. goop and all that nasty stuff. Um, so like it brings that into it it also with agent smith provides a really good look into like this program who's also in a way awakening to the reality of the matrix around him like he's aware of it and he also just hates his position he hates having to interact with humans so often and you see throughout the whole trilogy although i guess you don't really see it um you could you could just tell me i don't care i'm probably never gonna watch him but he goes on this whole thing of like him trying to assume all this power and whatnot in order to destroy the matrix himself because he gets on this whole idea of oh well the purpose of existence is to end which is curious but he goes through that whole little arc which i think is the best realized in the first movie where he's still sort of that apparatus of the system trying to track down you and destroy him mm-hmm. but there is like somewhat of a personal vendetta in him like he is that foil to neo of this other entity waking up to the reality around him and mm-hmm. occasionally trying to go against it but also being locked into this like prophecy into this programming so i think a lot of those ideas also help to elevate it from just being this really slick stylish cool action vehicle uh it does go beyond that it's something more mm-hmm. which i think is what makes it a nice modern classic yeah, but to me, it doesn't stick the landing. I feel like it has such an intelligent idea that it doesn't fully think it out in what the actual you, writing. What would Because I feel that way for the sequels. I feel like I got very convoluted. Like they knew, okay, this is an attribute of what people expect from The Matrix. So we got to one-up it. We got to do these other things. And I also like the concepts of it. But I think there, the execution is far more sloppy than the original Matrix. For you, what is... What's I feel like the first about... one did okay, but I feel like Matrix Resurrections gets a little convoluted in defining what the Matrix is and how it works and all that stuff. And it just, they're just making shit up at a certain point. <laughs> and it's just like, they're, you're taking the rules of the world you've set and you're bending it. And they even do that in the first one to a point. It's like, what is it that makes Neo able to do the things he does in the Matrix world that other people can't? You just say he's the one and then move on. 
it just kind of kind of seems like half written. Like it's it's cool that he's the one, but I wish there was a legitimate reason as to why he is the one. Like what makes him the one? What makes him have special powers within this matrix world where he can do bullet time and he can go boom and push people? He has right. the force pretty much. In the sequel in Reloaded. At the very end of that movie, he has, like, the climax of the movie is just him having a conversation with his old man in a chair who's called the architect. And there, they have this very intense conversation where the dude in the chair, the architect, is just, he's speaking with a thesaurus. Like, every other word is just some crazy five-syllable word. But he's explaining to Neo what he is and what the Matrix is. And that's where they talk about there's five iterations before him which each had their own one which is essentially just and i'm not entirely sure this is true but i'm fairly certain that the the one is like the reason he has all those powers is it's the matrix like the system's way of assigning all the anomalies and defects and whatever like all that messed up code to a particular thing like entity person and then they go through this whole thing of like the Oracle is supposed to help get that one to the source so that they can delete it essentially and reset the matrix one more time. So it's a way of like compiling all the defects and whatnot onto one thing. And then when it gets too powerful enough, there's too many defects and whatnot. The one begins to awaken. All right, we need to get it to the source to reset it. Okay, but then you reset it and then what happens? It's just the matrix again? Yeah. So the entire idea is just to keep them in the matrix. Is that what the Oracle is doing? Yeah. So the, well, the Oracle sort of rebels against that. And we see that in the sequels. Like she's the one that's like, okay, I'm going to help them get out of this. Because the architect gives a choice. You can go through one door and you can choose like 12 people to repopulate all of Zion, um, which was that like city where the real humans were living. Yeah. They can all do that. Or the other door is you can go try to save Trinity, not do the reset. And then we'll just destroy Zion and do it ourselves. So basically he's saying like you can either have Zion be destroyed or you can have Zion be destroyed and the Matrix reset. But you get to choose like this many other people and you get to repopulate and we start again. That is an interesting concept. Neo's choice is to save Trinity, like choose love. And this plays into Matrix Resurrections. Um, He chooses love Mm -hmm. and that allows him to break out of that cycle. So he's able to meaningfully resist, not just go for that false choice that the architect was giving to reset uh, the matrix and then destroy Zion. He chooses to go save Trinity and then they're Mm -hmm. truly doing the resistance, even though it might not work. And then in revolutions, they have that whole thing where he sacrifices himself and goes to the source and gets killed. But psych, not really, because in resurrections, he comes back. But... Like, I really like that idea, but the way that they conveyed it was very sloppy, I thought, in the sequels. But the core fundamental mm-hmm. idea of it, I still think, is very intriguing. It's the conveying that gets sticky throughout the times in the Matrix yes. movies for me. It's like, that's the thing, is I love the idea of it being this world where we, are, where we are in a simulation. But it's not conveyed in a great way. Like, it's not conveyed in the most convincing way. Sure, for sure. It just gets odd at certain points. Okay, before we move on to Resurrections, what's your top three Matrix moments? The coolest right. moments. I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you with some. 
So one of, I can't give a specific order, but one of them is in one of the sequels. I don't know which one. They crash a big ship through a gate into Zion. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. That is one of the top moments. I think it's awesome. It looks awesome. That is pretty cool. Yeah. That is one of them. Uh, let's see. Another one is the interrogation scene in the first movie where his mouth becomes like mm-hmm. warped up and it's just uh it's just Hugo Weaving just talking. I love that scene. I think that's probably like top scene in, in the original one of. And then if I had to pick another. I do like this is gonna sound weird, but in Resurrections, the entire montage scene where he's like just trying to where he's going <laughs> crazy and they're coming up with the new Matrix 4 video game. I think that's hilarious. I love it. Dude, that is my favorite part of Matrix Resurrections for sure. See, so yeah, I can one understand word that. bullet time. <laughs> that's two words. That's two words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um for me. I would say <laughs> it's the moment in the first one when they're in the subway station and it's Neo versus Smith mm-hmm. where he tries to punch Smith. Smith catches it and then he folds his fingers out and then hits him right in the throat and he goes, eh. that one is so funny to me. That one, the there's a moment in Reloaded. It's this whole bridge scene where Morpheus takes out a samurai sword out of nowhere and is confronting this van being driven by an albino ghost with dreads and he's charging at him. Morpheus just rolls out of the way and then slices off one of the tires and then the thing flips over. So cool. Morpheus is just so cool. Morpheus is the best part, which is going to be a disappointment to talk about with Resurrections, but we'll get there. And then the other one would have to be the whole chopper sequence in the first one where it crashes into the building. Yeah, that is, and that is very cool. Trinity swinging. That's ah, just so cool. It's one that of, is classic. That's my number one. It's just so amazing. I do love the opening of that whole action sequence where they walk into the building and they just whip out the guns from their cloaks. And it's just so the, the gunfight in the lobby. It's I'm telling you, the first Matrix has some of the best action ever made. A hundred percent. Genuinely. And it's every... up there with T2 and like fucking what else is a big action? Die Hard, things like that. It is up there, dude. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. 100%. And every time that they like run out of bullets in one gun, they just toss it and then pull out more guns. Oh, out it's of nowhere awesome. And they're trench- it's so good. Yeah, that stuff's just fantastic. Um, there's so many, so many moments in that original one that's just phenomenal. But yeah, we are now going to talk about Resurrections, which is a very interesting movie. It really is odd. It's not what I thought it would be. Yes, because it tries to also do what we just did there and distill what is the Matrix movies. What are they about? Why have people reacted so fondly to them over the years? It does a lot of that. It does a lot of meta self-commentary. And we'll talk about whether we feel that landed, whether it worked. And then it has that whole other part of the movie, like the rest of it, where it's trying to expand on the world, but it's also still rehashing what it's done before and it's still trying to include that commentary about movie sequels but it's also falling into the same pitfalls as movie sequels so it's a very messy film but i love that it exists because i think it's a very interesting conversation about franchises and sequels and how 
for better or worse, we are stuck with them mm-hmm. for a long time. So, Dylan, it's also weird to, that you so you didn't see the sequels coming I into did. Resurrection. So did you feel that you're going to not know what was going on? I was thinking about doing it. I was thinking about doing it because I watched the first one like a couple days ago and I was like, I'm into it. I think I could watch the other two. I think I'm ready. And then I just got busy and I ran out of time. And like last night I had to watch an hour of Resurrections and this morning I had to watch the other hour after I worked out. And then there was like a half hour left, but I'd already seen it because of Spencer because I walked in on him watching that half hour. And so I've seen the ending already. So I knew it ended. So it was like a whole muddled up thing of I've seen the movie, but in pieces and weird pieces. But it was confusing at parts, but they do a good job of like, you don't have to have seen the sequels to understand what's happening. Like they, it makes sense. I remember them talking about Zion in the first one, and I know it was a place, and I figure it's been destroyed, and uh, I know that Neo and Trinity sacrificed themselves, and we're supposed to think that they're dead at the end of the last movie, but they're, that's why it's called Resurrections, is they come back in this one. So like, I get the premise of what is going on. The thing, the only parts that were confusing to me was just everything to do with Agent Smith. It was just <laughs> bonkers and didn't make any sense, because the only thing of smith i've seen is the first movie where he is just an agent of the machines who is fighting neo and is just oddly philosophical compared to the other agents right yes that's all i know that i can see where that would be a massive problem and we'll get to that because i think though that and the morpheus thing are the two most glaring inexcusable problems that the film has but just to talk about some of the positives the first like 40 minutes of it, I was so game for this movie. Dude, I was into it. it I did was... not I wasn't a big fan of the opening because I was like I was like, all right, they're doing the first I thought it was just them paying homage to the the first movie. And I was like, they're really just doing this movie shot for shot. And then I realized they're actually just showing you the first movie. And I was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they do the shot on the woman, and I'm like, Oh, is this gonna be a new character? And they're just doing it shot for shot as a homage. And then it was actually her, and I was like, Oh, okay, it's just it's 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 they're just showing it again. Yeah. And so I got behind it. But then when Morpheus showed up as Smith, I was like, this is weird and I don't like it. And I'm kind of confused. I would have preferred to have just seen. I would prefer if they just like. Reshowed the old footage like they do that throughout the movie. They could have just played true. the whole first scene back again and just like chop the characters in when they needed to. And I would have been game. It would have been fine. Right. They could have done that. Yeah, I agree. That part initially i was like eh. i wish i wish so much more they had just reshown the entire first scene and then it cuts to uh thomas and he's a game designer and he's designing that level of the game or he's like re-watching that level of the game or something that he had already designed because <laughs> i been... love the entire premise of them trying to trick him by making him the designer of the matrix game trilogy i think that is genius i, I think that is hilarious 100 percent agree i remember seeing the trailer and someone was saying you know what this one's gonna be about it's gonna be them convincing him that he was in a movie trilogy like he was an actor for the movies and i was like that would be insane that would be so cool that is my pitch for matrix five is that he's keanu (laughs) reeves and they try to convince him that keanu reeves is just an actor in the first four matrix movies and then they tell him that no he's actually neo and then he has to come back and fight them that would just be amazing they just keep going bigger and bigger with it (laughs) just more and more ridiculous because I think, yeah, I thought that would be phenomenal and like such a daring approach to it. And this one, 
which I guess maybe to avoid it's still pretty good. being too like on the nose, they were like, let's mm-hmm. make it a video game, which I still think is great. And it also ties into him originally being that a program. like, programmer hacker thing. Yeah, it makes so sense. I love and then that. I, yeah, it ties in with the fact that he writes that modal that gets him out of the situation. Exactly. By rehashing it with a new Smith that's a Smith Morpheus combination or whatever. I just think it's not explained well as to how that no. is the way he gets out. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They could have done that just completely differently. I 100% agree. But yeah, I'm the whole premise. I think that is 100% genius. And it's frustrating because yeah. they have these ideas like this. And it's like, please lean into that completely and carry that throughout the entire rest of the movie. I love the entire conversation that Jonathan Groff is having with Keanu Reeves, where he's just like, <laughs> Warner Bros. wants us to make a fourth one. I know what you're thinking, but we got to go back. We got to do another one. Let's make another Matrix. Exciting. I Going love that entire thing. Where it all started. It just back seems like because only one of the Wachowskis was a part of this movie. So it feels like cut and paste. That was the conversation they had that made one of the Wachowskis not want to come back. And the other <laughs> one did want to come back. He's like, that's just the conversation they had. And who is it? Lana's the one that. Yes. Isn't that worked with her? So Lana Wachowski was just like, let's just write this whole conversation in about why Lily didn't want to join in and join. Right. Which I think, because they've said someone, I don't know, I saw an article where they were like, yeah, this is actually what happened. Like Warner Brothers did say, yo, we want to make a Matrix 4. We're going to do it without you if you don't want to do it. So it seems like that was definitely a conversation that happened. But it's also weird because I watched a an interview with Lana Wachowski where she talks about her motivations for creating the story. Mm-hmm. And she says it was a way of processing the death of her parents by really? like resurrecting these two very essential characters in her life. Interesting. Um, and that was comforting to create this new story where they end up together and happy. Um, and so Instead I'm dead. Yeah. So I'm wondering <laughs> where, like what the timeline is to where she creates that story in order to process the death. And then also is told by Warner Brothers that, hey, we're going to make a fourth movie because it seems weird that i don't know she did seem like she genuinely wanted to do this and it's not like her reluctant return to the franchise um, it could have been that she didn't want to do it unless she could do it her way and this is the way she decided to do it right which would make sense yeah but i just like some... i wouldn't if i had a franchise that was as popular that was like whole my holy my idea for three movies in a row and then 20 years later they want me to come back and do it again but they have the control i wouldn't want to do that but if they said you can come back and you could do it your way. But if you don't do it, we're doing it anyway. I'd probably come back and be like, sure, if you're going to do one, no matter what, I might as well keep it in the family and do it my way and then use it how I want to use it, which is as therapy to get over my parents' death or to accept my parents' death, which makes sense to me. Like, that's what I would want to do. But I also understand Lily Wachowski's approach to it, which is we're done with this. Let's leave it in the past. Let's not. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do it, let them do it. Who cares? we have our three movies. Like I understand both perspectives. I don't know which one I would choose in the moment. I guess it depends on what franchise my genius brain would come up and, and, and what ideas I could come up with a return, but it would be funnier if every 10 years they made a matrix movie and it just keeps getting more and more meta with how they right. do it. That would be good. Cool. We see 70 year old Keanu. <laughs> what? The matrix? It's, it's no, no. it's real. It, it can't be. <laughs> this is a movie I made forty years ago. I know it can't from. be real. It'd be hilarious, dude. Oh, it'd be so funny. It would. That's the one that gets him the Oscar. <laughs> that would be truly great. We see the fake Keanu in the Matrix getting the Oscar <laughs> for reprising his role in Matrix Six. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's so good. Um, but yeah, so that premise was great. The meta self commentary, I also like that was part of the best stuff. And they had that whole roundtable discussion of, okay, what are we going to make this new sequel? And they're like, what are the things that people know about the Matrix? Oh, it's about the action. It's about the trans politics. It's about the crypto fashion. It's about one word, bullet time. Bullet time. Like it's all that. It's fantastic. Uh, and then the whole white rabbit montage alongside of it. Like where I love that. Where he's also just going crazy and he's just sort of like avoiding his meds and he just wants to jump off a building and just mm -hmm. die. Like I love that. I love how he's not in participation with the conversation at all. They're just talking about it around him and he's just there witnessing it. And he's like, this is ridiculous and I don't want to do this. But he's also right. just sort of being absorbed by what's happening. Agreed, agreed. I do think Very it's weird well though uh, to do the whole splicing in old footage when they had the idea of the Matrix video game. And they have Matrix video games. I mean, they have the Path of Neo, which was in like 05. Did you ever play that on the PS2? No, I didn't Path play any of the Matrix games. It's so good. I have such fond memories of that. Like It's one of those things where I would kill myself in the level just so I could replay it just over and over again. Like I'd play through the whole thing and at the very end I'd kill myself so I could go back and start playing it again. It's great. Jesus. I mean, it's clunky graphics, of course. But it even would in 05, be hilarious if he goes into that conversation with Morpheus and Morpheus like, look, <laughs> this is footage from your games. And you turn around, it's this clunky ass PS2 footage of these like clay characters that would be moving around. And he's brilliant. like, oh, my God, my game. You'd be so funny. Because he says this is footage from the game. You turn around, it's just footage it's just from the movie. Yeah. And it's like, no game looks like this. No right. game has real world footage just thrown in. Yeah. So I think... It's a shame that they didn't go with that, which obviously would have looked so stupid. But I would have loved that if they actually it would have been hilarious. But they also could have done. It would have been funny if he walked in and Morpheus had a PS2 controller and he was playing the game <laughs> for real. Yeah, on like the little TV that he has. Yeah, it Not was just Path of Neo. Oh God, the meta. How meta they could have gone with it. The alternative thing they could have done, which I don't know why they didn't, because they just recently released an Unreal Five Engine thing. I don't know what that means, but where they make some sort of experience, not like a full video game but some experience demo where you can play through some parts of the matrix and it's them like as a video game but it's the hyper realistic graphics that they take from like the actual people like the mocap stuff mm -hmm. they could have just done that like if they were already going to make the some sort of video game demo they could have just used that for those specific scenes that they play in the in the film so i don't know why they didn't do that that would have been really cool as well it would have helped, I mean, promote that other thing. But alas, they spliced in a bunch of the old footage. And I don't know how much I like that. Um, I liked it when it was just them talking and it would cut back. But I didn't like it in reference to it being a video game. Because I was like, it's not a video game. Yeah, it's very... It's just a lie. Strange. But I did like... Like, I like the look of it. I like the tattered cloths of them projecting it onto there. And like having it be the same scene that they're living out. Like I thought the premise was cool, but saying that it's a video game was throwing me off a bit. And yeah. then I liked when they were having a conversation and it would cut back or like when uh, Jonathan Groff would say a line, but it'd be the same line that Hugo Weaving would say. And so it would cut back to Hugo Weaving saying it. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that I was, was like, pretty cool. well done. Billions of people. Billions of people. Living out their lives. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, good stuff. I also like the, I know, which, okay, we'll get to that in a second, but still more positives. The whole idea of having the analyst being Neo's handler, essentially trying to keep him from going too far off into thinking, oh, this is 
actually just part of the simulation, but another round of it. Like him realizing that, oh, this is just your creative imagination going way beyond what it should. And he's like trying to get him to ground himself and refocus on the quote unquote reality around him. I thought that was great. Because like, how do you escape that if you're Neo? Like you're getting told that these. He's just gaslighting him, bro. Legitimately. Yeah, like these instances of what you really did experience was, oh, no, that's just part of the game. That's just you thinking the game is bleeding into real life like that is just great. And it definitely adds to that sense of the paranoia of like, oh, my gosh, what if this like what if that was the case and we're truly getting trapped? How do you escape? So I love that bit of it. Um, I'm not sure how much I love the whole idea of him just trying to jump off and kill himself every now and then. It's a little much. Well, he wants to fly. I I know why they did that because the whole height thing is like an important thing in flight, but I don't know, having him take the leap, yo. yeah, having him continuously trying to be like I'll prove them wrong. I know that I'm in a fake world. I can fly, and then he tries to jump off. I don't know, maybe not the best thing, but I think it's all right because it it's like it's the idea of he, if he is crazy and he thinks there's a simulation, but there isn't. This is the thing he would be trying to do, right? Like. It's the idea of is it a simulation or is it not a simulation? We know that it is a simulation, but he's unsure. And so he is in that realm of it would have been cooler if they approached it like maybe the Matrix was all made up and it was in his head and he's a video game designer and then he learns that it is real. Like the idea of starting it off with bugs and introducing new characters right away is like the audience knows for a fact the Matrix is real. Like we just know. And he doesn't. He's unsure. It would have been cool if we were unsure at the same time that he was unsure. And then we learn, like, obviously, we would never be completely unsure. We would know for a fact, obviously, there's a Matrix. Otherwise, there's no movie. But it would be kind of cool if we started off with being a little crazy with him. Right. Yeah, I can see that. But I did still just overall enjoy the idea of, like, the analyst, the therapist being the one that's mm. having that control over him. Because that's, I mean, how they would do it. You'd be the closest one and you'd be the one reassuring him that no, 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 this is all just crazy thoughts entering your mind and not yeah, I dig it. reality coming through. So I, I like that stuff. I like the whole Trinity being trapped as Tiffany. Neo continuously sees him in the Simulate Cafe. Mm-hmm. All that stuff I thought was cool. And I also like that they... Simulate was a cool name. Oh, uh, it is. It, it's a cool logo too. Like when they're going 100%. in for the final beatdown and it has that... Because the whole time it just looks like a cafe. And then you get to the Matrix when it actually looks like how the Matrix is supposed to look. And it has that eerie, dark feeling with the green overtones. It looks awesome. It does, for sure. Good imagery. And I, I like that Neo and Trinity actually have conversations in this one that's... Something that was missing in, I think, the original Matrix and the sequels. It got a little better in the sequels, but you truly do get the sense of, okay, there is a connection here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very important for what the overall theme that Lana Wachowski is going for here, which is love. But we'll get to that in a moment. We can talk about some of the negatives to the film. Mm-hmm. There's quite a bit. So yeah. Morpheus and Agent Smith. I think it's just don't get it. So just stupid. Don't just don't just understand. Don't have them in it at all. If you're not going to bring back Lawrence Fishburne or Hugo Weaving, which both of them said we would have done it. There's scheduling conflicts or we didn't get asked. 
I understand the idea of Morpheus not being in it because he's dead technically because it's 60 years in the future is that's how they wrote it was it was a long time in the future which they didn't so have to do I don't know why they did that but they could have shortened the time period to the point where he is older and they could have put makeup on him like they did with Jada Pickett Smith to make mm-hmm. him look older but have him still be in it but I understand they want to have young Morpheus and have him be actioning and that's cool and all and I understand the idea of Hugo Weaving is old now but he's playing a program who doesn't technically age so they want to replace him but at the same time, just de-age him. I would rather see a shoddily done de-age Hugo Weaving than Jonathan Groff trying. That's true. Or failing. just don't have Agent Smith in it at all. That's Because also true. he died in the first one, but then there were some shenanigans that allowed him to be brought back and reloaded. Okay, that's fair. But the whole ending of Revolutions is that Neo makes a deal with the machines in order to destroy Smith because he's gotten too powerful and he just he overtakes every other person in the matrix mm-hmm. he's just way too powerful he's going to destroy the whole thing and it's going to destroy all the battery energy juice that the machines are getting so neo's like okay i can stop him and he does that by letting agent smith consume him but then because he's plugged in the sword he's able to delete himself and that deletes all the smiths and blah 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 how does smith survive that that I was just, also a good question. Like, there's no reason for him to have survived that and be brought back. So, and, and unless they did it's it some way as he merged with Neo, and since I they think brought Neo back, what, they brought I, him back. But I that's, think that's the idea that they're trying to make. Is because Neo is alive, and if he fused with Neo, then he's in there with him, and that's why when he's being gaslit, Smith is also being gaslit a little bit too into thinking he's this this co-creator of this game company. And that's why he's a new look. But it would have been kind of funny if he was Hugo Weaving and he was just like, I'm a game creator now. <laughs> we have to go back to the Matrix. Back Tom's. to where it all started. The Matrix. That would have been so cool. That would have been cool. I would have liked that. And then he slowly realizes that he is Agent Smith. But like, because the, they didn't want it to be Hugo Weaving because they wanted there to be the, the plot twist of, oh, this guy is Agent Smith and he survived because Neo survived. But which no is, it's that. plausible no, enough. <laughs> It's plausible enough, but we don't need the shock. I would rather just have Hugo Weaving in there, and he's learning as Anderson is learning, or as Neo is learning. And so they, and then, then they team up because it's them versus the analyst who's trying to suppress them into gaslight sort of entity, this gaslit and just, just, just trying to convince them that they are not who they are. And, right. and so they team up together against him. That would have been cool to see them fighting side by side. And then you could do a fifth one where he has to fight Smith again. <laughs> Which, why not if you're gonna go this far go all the way i suppose i just would like to either keep smith out of it entirely or you just don't move forward with it unless you can get hugo weaving back same deal with morpheus they could have just not had morpheus in it at all like they aged him down but then also half the movie he's a bunch of beads moving around like he's not yeah. even the actual even human. Which human I like version. the concept of the idea of being able to bring programs into the real world through those beads. I think that's, that's also cool. cool. Yeah. But the idea of Morpheus is just a program now, and he's not even doesn't even look like Lawrence Fishburne. You could have brought back Lawrence Fishburne, and he could have been a program, and that would have been fine. Exactly. Have why, his like actiony stuff be the beads, but have why actual would Lawrence Fishburne be there? Why would Keanu Reeves program a new Morpheus, but have it not look anything like Morpheus? And I think that's Why the mumbo jumbo that? about the modal and it being distinct from I have no clue. But I think the Wachowskis are just racist and they think all <laughs> black people look the same. So they could have gotten away with it. That's I think they're just foolish for not bringing back Lawrence Fishburne. I just don't It just would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. He's like 
I mean, he still could have just been a program and it would have been awesome. When you CGI those little beads, you could have made it look like young Morpheus with Lawrence Fishburne's voice. And it would have been the exact same as watching the beads of Yaya Abdul-Mateen. That's true. And I also just didn't like, I don't know, they didn't even act like the other counterparts. They didn't. He was like flamboyant and like fun. I'm like, neither of those characters are like that. You didn't take any of those traits. I guess he's trying to be his own Morpheus, but it's like. Then just be your own character. You're not like, even the original the character. Yeah. So know, that was very, very problematic. How crazy it would have been if you started that movie and it's the beginning, but when Agent Smith gets out of the car, it's Lawrence Fishburne. And Lawrence Fishburne is now Agent Smith, like in, in that world. Wouldn't that have been cool? And he's like doing the same scenes that, that Hugo Weaving did, but it's Lawrence Fishburne. It would have been mean, cool. Yeah. It would have been cooler than your agents goals. are already dead. At last. So, yeah, those were big, massive issues. The new characters, Bugs and the rest of the team, what do you think about them? Because I didn't remember any of them except for Bugs. Yeah, I don't know any of the other ones. I know Bugs, and Bugs is all right. So, like, it's fine. Yeah. It's good enough. uh, They do the job of creating characters that are enjoyable in the moment, but they do the same thing in the first one. Like, do you remember any of the other characters except for Cypher and... And then like, I do. I remember Cyber. I remember Dozer. I remember Switch. I remember Dozer. I, I remember Switch. Mouse. I remember Switch, Mouse just because he gets fucking slaughtered. Coat. Yeah, but I, I know remember Switch, all but of. I don't them. really know Switch. You know what I mean? That's true. I know Switch only because look. she looks distinct. That's the only reason. And also, I did not like. I did not like the way they looked in this one. They looked kind of basic. Who? The team. The team when they I were agree. in the Matrix, I thought they looked basic. In the first one, they look awesome. Like they stand out. Very true. Maybe the world has just changed, and so people just dress like that now sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They just kind of look like basic bitches <laughs> instead of cool, action-y heroes. It doesn't look as iconic as the original outfits do. Right, I agree. Also, Keanu um, Reeves is just wearing a suit the whole time. Like, I guess in the end, he's wearing his trench coat. But yeah, I was waiting for that. I was like, give this man some shades. And they didn't yeah. until the very end. It was very disappointing. For the most part, he's just wearing a trench coat. Um, but yeah, so other returning characters, which I guess you would not be aware of since you didn't see the sequels. Well, I, I looked, I looked it up. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, yeah. you have Niobe, the Merovingian, Sati. Um, and I thought each of them were bad. And that's, I thought they were bad. Niobe, okay. she was like, okay, but she was just there to present some conflict. But then she also, I don't know what happened in like the middle of her story. She captures Neo, but then Neo gets out. But then they go and capture Neo again. But then they're like, okay, now we're going to help you. Is yeah. that right? That's what happened? Yes, that just made no sense. I just watched it, yes. Because if she is supposed to be the leader of IO, it 100% makes sense for her to hardcore be like, do not threaten the peace we have, the unstable peace we have with the machines. But then they just ended up risking it anyway. And it seemed uh, strange. The Merovingian. They didn't awful. explain her change of heart enough. I agree. Yeah, the dude was just screaming. It was uh, number one. Why well, I saw it in the theater and I the couldn't understand. Say what? Who was he in the original? Like the the, the sequel? I Who also hated him in the original trilogy, and he's just some French dude that I don't know. He's like a crime lord in the Matrix. He's able. He's a program that's powerful enough to create his own like mini reality within his own space or something like that. Mm-hmm. Basically, all he he sucks. But the most memorable thing about him is he's narrating over footage of some woman eating a cake and it goes into code have you seen this scene 
No. It goes into code, zooms in on her crotch as her legs are like writhing because she's having an orgasm from eating the cake. And then she gets up and excuses herself from the table. And he looks at them and he's like, see, I have all the power. Something like that. And he's just, he just talks in a French accent. <laughs> I have all he's, the power. I don't know. He's just so stupid. I hated him in the originals. And in this one, he's even worse because I couldn't understand a word he said. But I'm sure it was dumb. It was dumb. Did you not like Priyanka Chopper's Jones as Sati? I thought she was fine, but also I don't understand what she is or what her powers are. In the original trilogy, I think it's something like she was born out of two programs, mm. which makes her kind of special. And she's able to rework the Matrix, maybe, because she created a sunrise that was rainbow colored at the end of Revolutions. Yeah. And now she's able to. I don't know, she was like sort of functioning as an oracle in this, but I really didn't understand the extent of her powers or role or anything. I think she was okay, but I was mostly uninterested in what she was saying, like the conversations that were going on there. It just didn't feel, I don't know, like in the original, original trilogy, whenever Morpheus was giving you exposition, it was interesting because we did want to know like what was going on. And this one, I wasn't really that intrigued because it was just plot information it wasn't like world building out the matrix but then also mm -hmm. there's something about Lawrence Fishman that he can just it, convey it, it and it's so captivating. Cool. it really is like you're just enthralled welcome to the matrix <laughs> no one can tell you what the matrix is you have to see it for yourself so that was not here in this instance with any of these actors that were returning which again makes the omission of Morpheus of Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo Weaving, that much more devastating. Yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah, but okay. This sucks. There were other interesting world-building moments, like the whole the machines of war that they referenced, and we didn't get much of. That was Dude, they had, wish they did more of that. I know they scarcity, had... and I'm like, so there were different <laughs> factions of machines, and they the resource of humans became scarce, so the machines fought each other. Right. Even though at the end of the day, I originally thought the machines were all just one hive mind because it's a fucking machine. It's yeah. just a computer program. You'd think that they would be kind of like one thing, but I guess you could say that there's different kinds of machines. Yeah, I think that gets explored more in the Animatrix, which apparently is the other good Matrix movie, uh, which I have not seen. But yeah, there's something about that of like there are different factions of machines and some of them try to defect and help the humans. We get the extension of that in this one, where there's some machines that are helping them build cool. IO and helping them yeah. create the strawberries, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, those we didn't get enough of that stuff, which is unfortunate because that part was really interesting. But then we had to switch back into the plot and mm -hmm. Niobe and all that stuff, which wasn't as good. Uh, something else, not as good. The action. What do you think of that? There were only a few moments where I thought it was like on par with some of the original stuff. And that was when he first realized when they try to first bring him out of the matrix and he's in his gaming office. And then like the FBI comes in and they shoot the place up and it's just like the whole office is just like being exploded and stuff. And it's That's, Morpheus fighting right. them. And then he's fighting Smith with the guns. Like that was on par in terms of like, it's just awesome. It's just epic. And the only other part was after they fight, all the FBI people inside the, the coffee place, which is just kind of muddled and confused after they do that fighting when they're driving around and all that stuff. 
that was awesome. The people start jumping yes, out of the buildings. That was yes. awesome. That was creative. I was like, I'm into it. This is pretty damn cool. They're all just, they're all just like this big zombie horde, just like attacking these vans and just slamming into them. And the people jumping out. I love the sh- the scene where the guy, the couple wakes up and the guy just turns into the machine. He's like, "Honey, what are you doing?" And he just jumps out the window. He goes, "Ah!" I thought that was great. Like a yeah. great way to introduce the idea of humans jumping out of the buildings to squash into the the machine the vehicles i thought that was cool i agree that was uh, you hit it on the mark i think those two were the only ones that could sort of compare one was yeah. like a good action scene the other was just a really cool concept mm-hmm. i didn't uh, like the train i thought that was a little bit muddled i didn't like the yeah. the scene where they're with the maravangian where they're all fighting and then he fights was Smith. so bad was i just couldn't believe it <laughs> just couldn't follow it didn't like it wasn't that cool uh, I only kind of liked the Kung Fu fight between the new Morpheus and, and Neo. I thought it was okay. It's just, you're building up against the original classic awesome Kung Fu fight. And it's just not the same. Yeah. Dude, when he throws the new Morpheus up into the corner of the rafters, I was like, he's got to do the, the Kung Fu jump that Lawrence Fishburne does where he goes in the, up in the air and it's slow-mo. I was like, he's got to do it. And it, it will be, it will be lame that they're trying to redo what they already did, but it will still look awesome. And they didn't do it. And I was like, God damn it yeah i i agree those were not up to par like if you're gonna remake a fight scene that you already did i mean i think they knew they couldn't do it as well so they tried to reframe it to be more about like oh neo having to wake up and actually fight back but it just didn't land the mark and definitely that fight with merv and the other rogue programs Mm -hmm. was trash Um, i just don't believe he knows kung fu like i did in the original movie in the original movie (laughs) I believed he knew Kung Fu and stuff, dude. Like, they were legit fighting hard. Dude. This one, I don't believe it so much. 100%. Because they also had, like, I think, I don't know, they had a better choreographer? Choreographer. Choreographer. Thank you for the words. Korea. (laughs) Um, So they had that. And then they also, I mean, I don't know, maybe they just had more time to spend with it. Because they had longer takes. So you actually Mm -hmm. take in the action. It was also wider. So you could see what's going on instead of the like quick cuts or you're zoomed in on like just bodies moving around you can't really see what action is taking place so all of that stuff was great but you just reminded me probably the number two coolest moment from the original matrix is when he's after he gets revived from the kiss from trinity and he's fighting smith again and he goes from doing the two-handed to just the one-handed and he puts the other one behind his back mm-hmm. that was just so cool and we didn't get moments like that he didn't fight in the final battle at all he was just force pushing the whole time yeah which... that was very sad he was just like Ugh, <laughs> Ugh. and it's like cool the one that was cool was like when he stopped the car that was coming at him and then they drove and over it, it. That was pretty cool. i also thought it was cool when people are jumping at him he force pushes them and they all slam into the car that's next to him mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of cool the rest of it was kind of like basic like they should have the motorcycle should got hit by one of the bombers and then i didn't i never felt like fist fight them I never felt like they were in too much danger. I felt like the other car was in danger because they were getting fucking swarmed. <laughs> but I never thought that Neo and Trinity were in that much danger, so I was not on the edge of my seat that much. I agree. Maybe I it's agree. because I had seen the ending already. <laughs> but still, I, <laughs> they still never felt like they were in that much danger in the moment. Like, I mean, I've seen Die Hard hundreds of times. It still is, you know, still like to the wire, very close when it comes to he could die at any moment, even though I've seen it already. I know he doesn't. Right, yeah. Um, another thing that I felt was lacking from this one that was very present and iconic in the original trilogy was those innovative practical effects, the whole bullet time stuff. We didn't 
get anything like that and what they try to do with the jittery smoke, shit yeah. i thought i thought i was lagging for a second on my connection <laughs> hbo max i was like what the fuck is happening i was like i had to check my wi-fi for a second it was so bad yeah it was, it was big absurd uh so i definitely hated that i mean just hate that technique in general but then also how they try to make that the stand-in for bullet time and they openly like commented on that like ah you are defined by your bullet time, so now I will reverse it on you. It was just not as good. Um, and then with the philosophy they tried to incorporate, so this I did think was one of the most interesting parts of it because we had seen throughout the film, when she's doing the meta stuff, how Lana is... <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> how uh, Lana is... Let me, let me make, let me make a time. <laughs> oh, my Where's My bottle got like destroyed. God damn it. I lost my goddamn... Oh, there it is. What was it? One twenty-two thirty, cut. Yeah, around there. Bottle. One twenty-two thirty. Go ahead. Three, two, one. So we see all of Lana Wachowski processing what other people have thought about the Matrix and what they think defines it, and how Mm -hmm. she's coming in and setting the record straight, essentially. And she's saying that it's all about the love, baby. It's all about love. It's about the connection between Trinity and neo mm-hmm. like they had the whole thing of it's their connection and them being just out of reach that is powering this current version of the matrix and then at the very very end of mm-hmm. it we see that not only is neo able to have all his powers in this new version of the matrix that is powered by him and trinity but trinity also has all those powers she's also essentially the one mm-hmm. they now make the two can i can i can you explain something for me okay yes so the plan to remove trinity from the, pe- the tank for sure. some reason, they have to plug bugs in for a second. Not a clue. And then no idea. And then they unplug her almost immediately. No idea. And then not one. <laughs> and then Trinity is not plugged in anymore, but she is still in the Matrix technically. How is that possible? How can you be not plugged in but still in the Matrix? I have no clue, other than maybe they were referencing what happened in Revolutions, which is where Neo was in a coma in real life, but he was also in the Matrix. Because he was now connected to the source code. No, not enough. Yes, it's I again. I shit. They didn't explain it, and I still don't understand it. Also, it was completely muddled. I didn't even know that when she was unplugged, she was still in the matrix. Like I was just processing. I was like, "What is going on?" Because it gets doing quick cuts. She gets unplugged. What was going to do is that they were going to switch places, and so that she that that bugs was going to be plugged in, and Trinity was going to have be have gotten out. Like she's out. Right. That's what I thought was going to happen, and then maybe bugs have to sacrifice herself so that Trinity could live. I thought that's what was going to happen. And they just plugged in bugs for a second, swapped her out, pl- unplugged her. And then Trinity's still in there for no reason. Yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to be. Unexplained. Bad. No idea. Doesn't make sense. Just could have been cut out. They could have just unplugged her and it would have been like, okay. 100%. Um, it would have made just as much sense just to unplug her. Right, right. And then I also, I thought part of what the analyst's speech with the whole idea of like desire and fear, what 99 when uh-huh. percent of humanity is defined by mm-hmm. like trying to hunt after something but also keeping what you already have uh i thought that was pretty interesting and the idea that like the more pain and suffering that they're going through is producing more energy mm-hmm. i like that stuff as well like i thought that was pretty in line with some of the other philosophical offerings they had in the original trilogy yeah um but the climax climax i thought like they go through the whole city and then they go up on the roof and then he's force pushing rockets mm-hmm. And then they jump off. They jump off and they're flying. She's flying and he's holding on. 
And then they just fly away. Like the other helicopter comes up and she's like, bye. I just, I don't Are know. Are you doing this? <laughs> I'm not doing this. Right. It just didn't feel like the triumphant climax moment that we had like in the original matrix when he's able to get revived by the kids mm-hmm. which yeah i mean that goes to show i mean this whole idea of love being the central the core factor in mm-hmm. the matrix that at least the wachowski saw um was always present in the original but they definitely hammered it home here yeah but i still think like in terms of the plot and the arc like why did trinity suddenly make the choice like she said, no, Neo, and then is walking away. And then as she's about to open the door and leave, she looks back and says, Psyche, my name's Trinity. I hate being called Tiffany. Can I like, also what exactly that... did she come to that realization in that moment? Like, Do you know who it? that is that's playing Chad, her husband? Is it the stunt double for Neo? Because yeah. I looked something up. Did yeah. you look it's, up on It's Chad Stahelski who was, well, I, I know him because he directed the John Wick movies. Oh, and, that's true, yeah. Yeah, and he was Keanu's stunt double on... The original matrix and so i was hoping he that he been. would fight neo because that would have been awesome <laughs> he real. also should have had long hair like keanu reeves because that would have been hilarious it, it also would have made more sense of appeasing her mind by making her be married to a program that looks like keanu reeves would have been interesting because he already does have the facial structure and the the body structure to look like keanu reeves it would have been funny if they put makeup or like they put like a wig on him to make him look like keanu reeves that would have been funny and then watching them fight each other would have been awesome that I 100% agree. That should have happened. Oh. That's crazy. They were he was a stunt double, and then later went on to direct all the, mm-hmm. the John Wick movies with Keanu in it. That's so yeah. cool. What a I don't know if he directed all of them. Let me look it up. You keep talking. Okay, but yeah, I felt in that moment where he she rebels against Chad and is like, "No, I will choose Neo." I just didn't think that was very much motivated by anything. Like it's one of those things where they were like, "Okay, we got to have some conflict that make the audience think maybe she doesn't." choose him but we all know who she's going to but there's no trigger for her actually making that choice which is very curious yeah he directed all the john wick movies wow he also was in the he was the stunt coordinator for deadpool 2 wow maybe a man should have been doing some of that work on resurrections that's what i'm saying man i mean he's he's just good (laughs) we needed that um all right so what did you think of that decision to have them be the two at the end, like Trinity having all those powers. It's fine. I just don't care anymore. You don't care. <laughs> I, I, I just don't care anymore. I just wanted it to be, I like the idea of having it be meta commentary. And I like the idea of it sort of just being cool action, like meta commentary and cool action. And then like the basic bits of philosophy that you could squeeze in, because mm-hmm. that would be true to the original matrix. Agreed. And I feel like, trying to squeeze in so much philosophy and so much story about the two of them was, it just got too far. Like, I like the idea of them being like, it's love being like, right, yeah, sure. It can be love. I don't care. And having their connection being the most powerful thing ever. I think that's cool. And how uh, it's, it's all right. It's just not the best ending where they fly off and they do a little spin at the end. It's just okay. Right. Well, that's yeah. I mean, the exact ending of, the matrix but it wasn't the whole thing of them being well i guess they were still like okay we're gonna go remake the matrix or as in the original he was like okay i'm gonna come wake you all up from your fake reality and then he flies so is the, the end where they're like we're gonna make it our own utopia so they're still gonna be in the matrix but they're gonna be happy i don't know why well, 
think they were because the whole idea is that they are slaves to the machines and so they are the whole point of the original was they have to free people from the matrix right that was my problem with revolutions is they like struck peace i guess with the machines but they still didn't free all the people from the matrix like there's yeah. people in there that are now in the new iteration of the matrix completely stuck in there yeah. so when we're talking about is there any sequel potential i think they kind of set it up with that stuff of oh we're, we can remake it now we're going to do all this and the fact that smith just disappears at the end like he he shows up in the simulate but then he just goes away after dropping some line about i'm can be anyone i like that line though i will say where he's like the difference between you and i is you could have been everyone or you could have been anyone but anyone can be me Right. It was kind of stupid, but it also was kind of cool. <laughs> it was like a mix of those are the kind of the same thing that you're saying. Like, like it's like you're saying the exact same thing twice, but I understand what you're trying to go for, so it's kind of cool. But it's still kind of stupid because it's the exact same thing. Right. I thought it was stupid because it went nowhere. Now what are we going to do with them? So it would have been they... cool if Hugo Weaving had said it. <gasps> Bro, but they could have – I mean, I don't know. That's the difference I... between you and me, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Anyone also... could have been you. He but didn't, I could be anyone. He didn't call him Mr. Anderson. He just called him Tom the whole time. I think he calls him Mr. Anderson once. Like when he first well, he wakes up and realizes he's Mr. Smith, he's and like, Mr. It. Anderson. Yeah, he like screamed. He didn't even do the whole Hugo Weaving. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, like, he also just did not remind me at all of Hugo Weaving. He didn't even try to talk like him. Didn't it's funny, in Revolutions, when... Like Smith assumes the body of some person in real life, and that actor starts talking like Hugo Weaving. He does a pretty good job in it. Like you can tell, like, like the other characters don't know, but you could tell, uh oh, something's up with this guy. He's talking like Smith. He's saying things like Mr. Anderson. Like when he does that multiple times, it's solid. But anyway, so I think there's some sequel potential here, but would you want to see another? Only if they cut out most of the philosophy and just do like even more meta sort of realization about what franchises are and then also just even better action. Like if it was like on par with the original in terms of action with the meta shit they do in this movie, it would be an awesome fifth movie and I'd be here for it. But if they're just trying to continue shit with the characters they already have and I, I feel like they should probably end here. I don't, I don't, it's not worth the risk because I don't think they can nail it on the head with what I want. So I think it should just end here. Also, I'm not even the biggest Matrix fan. So, like, I did not really care when this was announced. I did not really care to see it. And I'm not, I wasn't excited for it. And I'm not excited for another one. So, dang. I'm, I'm okay with it just being that's done. nuts. I do love the Matrix. Like, the original uh, for me truly is a classic. It's just so good. And in the sequels, I mean, uh, upon further reflection, I mean, there's definitely bad moments for sure. Like, it gets boring in a lot of parts, which is very egregious. And it happened in Resurrections as well. Like, there were definitely parts where I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, it got but boring. The, they at least had those interesting concepts, the sequels did, and they had great action. This one had some of those great concepts, like that whole premise we talked about of him being the video game creator for The Matrix. It's so good. That's brilliant. And the meta commentary, a new thing that they brought into it, uh, alongside like some of the other philosophical stuff, I also think delivered well. But they just didn't have enough solid action. And a lot of the execution was quite messy. Bring so, back Hugo Weaving. Bring back Lawrence Fishburne. And bro. that was also something that needed to happen yesterday. I don't know why they wouldn't have done that. They're just, they wanted to do it. They were willing to do it. 
I know so they both. They that's what's most them. sad is Lawrence Fish. Lawrence Fisherman is like, I don't know. I'm not in it. As Lana Wachowski. He's he like, wanted I wanted to, to do it. And they didn't come and approach me. It's so just, that that's if he sad. had said no, I'd get it. But he didn't say no. He said yes. He gave like a resounding. Yeah, I'll do it. But they didn't approach me. Maybe yeah. they're saving him for for a fifth part. If it happens, but then they have to explain that away. And what would, and what would your title be? It has to be Matrix, something that starts with an R. Yeah, I don't know. I think Revelations would be a good final one if they end up doing that. But what else could they do? Because, I mean, we already have Reloaded. You can't do Rebooted unless they really want to lean into the... Matrix Rebooted. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. If they really want to lean into that commentary, they could do it. I guess um, so. Yeah, I don't know. So I've so done the gambit of the re, redone, restarted. Yeah. So out of how many choppy bullet times <laughs> out of five would you give this? I would give it 2.5. Really? That's really, really low. Mr. Anderson. That's really low. It's not really low, but it's, it's low. That's a 50, bro. That's failing. That's an F. <laughs> give it an F, right? I mean, it's low. It is low. It's pretty low, man. What would you give it? I would give it a three. Really? Yeah, but that's coming from someone who isn't a big fan of the franchise. Like, you really like the franchise. You're giving it a two and a half. I don't well, think it's it, that bad. The first, like, 40 minutes was a four. Yeah, it really was. I was and like, I was thinking, I was like this down. is a solid four that's happening right now. And then it got worse, and I was like, damn, this sucks. Yeah. So I settled <laughs> at a three, which is was in between the four that the beginning was and the two that the rest of it was at. I was like, I'll cut the middle and just say it's a three. Because the yeah, first 40 sure. minutes is great. It really is. I think so too. But I just, just can't believe it dipped. It was quite disappointing for a lot of the rest of it. And it also got just boring in some parts, which again is like one of the most yeah. unforgivable things. So yeah, 2.5 for me, 3 for you. What would you give the, we didn't do it, what would you give the original Matrix? The the very first one, I'd give a 4. A 4, really? Yeah. The, the, the greatness that this one hit in the first 40 minutes... The first movie's like that, but just consistently throughout instead of just the first 40 minutes. Gotcha. I'm giving the original a five out of five. It's just Neat. such a staple. So good. All right. You're that ready? is, yeah, that's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at show at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. We're probably going to be taking a short hiatus for the new winter break. Enjoy the new year, everybody. Happy 2022, and we'll see you when we come back. Goodbye. Mr. Anderson.